Hey, what's going on, everybody? Amir Fazeli here from Adonis Athletics. Welcome back to Bath Plates and Protein Shakes. Uh, I am the founder of Adonis Athletics. I am a strength and conditioning coach, sports scientist, and coach to world-class athletes. And we are back for another episode of the segment, Everything I Know About. Uh, so today's one, we are going to go through and talk about uh, uh, everything I know about uh, how your muscularity can heavily influence your strength. So you need to listen to this if you are somebody who wants to get stronger, not necessarily only strength athletes. So not only if you're a weightlifter or a powerlifter or a strongman athlete, but also if you're any athlete out there who needs to get stronger uh, in order to perform better at your uh, particular sport. And, and even uh, if you are just training on a recreational level and want to get stronger on a recreational level, uh, then you need to listen up so I can uh, tell you what I have learned over the last uh, decade in regards to the patterns and the science behind how developing muscle and muscularity uh, is very super closely tied in with your ability to get strong, get really strong. So previously, like a long time ago, 10, more than 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, uh, we certainly when I started training, gym culture was all about bodybuilding. People were training so that they can get bigger. That was it. That was all it was. You had pictures of Arnold on your on your wall. You had pictures of, of Ronnie Coleman on your wall and all the other bodybuilding greats. And you strive to become like them. There weren't any pictures of uh, you know, Larry Wheels on your wall. There were no pictures of, jeez, um, just pick, pick somebody. Insert, insert your favorite powerlifter or, or strongman or weightlifter here. Th- those weren't really what people uh, strive to be, at least for the most part. Uh, you know, as a mainstream thing within gym culture, that that wasn't what it was about. It was about getting bigger. Uh, So because of that, also, if you stepped inside a gym, you wouldn't really see people, um, you know, doing quote unquote powerlifting training. People wouldn't use that word. You would never hear people really say they're a powerlifter or they're training for a powerlifting meet wasn't there. The predominant gym culture was all about getting bigger. It was all about bodybuilding. And since about in Australia, about 2010, uh, when uh, raw powerlifting got introduced uh, and it started to really pick up popularity, uh, that's when things started to change. It also, it can, there was CrossFit, the introduction of CrossFit a little bit before 2010, and that brought about a little bit more attention towards just the barbell movements, weightlifting, strongman to a degree, and, and certainly powerlifting. And, uh, you know, the timing was, was just right in, in all aspects. But we started to see this huge swing 
towards the other end of things, towards the other extreme, where people went from training purely just to get bigger and bigger and bigger uh, with some strength thrown in there as kind of like a goal, as kind of like a byproduct of it, uh, to training just purely to become stronger, but not not even just stronger, it's gone to another level where it seems that a lot of people, all they care about is um, making the movements of the squat, the bench press and the deadlift just more and more efficient. So <clears throat> it's even gone away a little bit from just becoming stronger. It's gone more towards becoming squat, bench press and deadlift specialists. But the, the problem is that you should shouldn't specialize so early in your lifting career, in your training, sporting career. Uh, specialization needs to come at a certain point after some sort of development. I mean, in an ideal world, you would actually start at a certain age, right? A, young, a much younger age, and then uh, start with more broad uh, sporting uh, involvements and then you would start to slowly slowly uh, pick your sport and become a little bit more individualized but that's 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 a whole nother thing and that doesn't even really apply here because it just can't apply here because of the nature of the sports and, and the people getting involved in it obviously a lot of people are picking up powerlifting in their late teens in their early 20s nowadays you know uh, because of social media or what have you so it's just by nature drawing people in at those ages. So we can't even really say that. But aside from that, at least if you're going to sort of specialize, you still want to be delaying that specialization. And there's a lot of a lot of factors, a lot of facets sort of to, to this topic that I could go through. One is this, which is what I'm talking about right now, which is the the early specialization uh, and how that's bad. But the other factor is the the fact that developing musculature even later on, once you once you have specialized and you are continuing to specialize, can go so far in taking you to the next stage. In, within your strength development. So let's take the specialization out. Let's put that to the side as well, right? Let's strip it back down a little bit more and talk about well, where, where does strength come from? How does, it, how does it develop really? Within a beginner, you will notice that, I mean, you were a beginner at one point, uh, getting into training and getting into powerlifting and stuff like that and you would have noticed that uh, during the earlier days uh, your strength would have increased very quickly and now we call it like beginner gains and so you know we're always saying enjoy them while they last you get your beginner gains blah 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 and so on we noticed that our squat our bench press our deadlift uh, and all our other lifts our strength just in general really spikes up quickly uh, in the earlier days of training but obviously, this doesn't last forever. It begins to, it begins to slow down and sometimes even plateaus, then continues again and, and so on and so on. So it becomes harder and harder to keep that going. 
Now, why does why does strength come about so quickly in those earlier days, and what makes up or contributes to strength development? Let's let's talk about that for a second. So, the, in the early days, you see a big spike in strength for pretty much one reason, and and one reason only, and that is the fact that the adaptation of the nervous system to uh, to be able to turn on motor units, to be able to turn on muscle fibers basically to do the work, is much faster in development and adaptation than it is for you to, for example, develop musculature. Because of that, your nervous system becomes more efficient, uh, much quicker uh, in being able to uh, get muscle to contract, get more muscle fibers to contract than previously, and also get different muscle groups to contract in the right pattern. So you have basically three main reasons behind strength development. So one is your central nervous system and its adaptation. The other one is your muscular system and its adaptation. And when I say adaptation, I mainly primarily mean it getting bigger. So having an increasing um, muscle cross-sectional area. And the other is uh, the, the movement pattern in which different muscle groups communicate with each other and, and fire in relation to each other. So efficiency of movement. It's not, this is a little bit different to the first point in regards to the central nervous system adaptation efficiency in the sense that, of course, the central nervous system is, is responsible also for which muscle fibers uh, actually fire and work, but more so that it's controlling which ones fire at exactly what time. So your movement patterning. This is also part of the reason why if you uh, if you have any problems with your technique with something, sometimes it, it may not be a strength issue, but it may be a, what we call a, a motor, um, motor, motor pattern issue. Uh, so your movement pattern is, has been programmed incorrectly and you need to do uh, exercises and drills that will help get rid of those bad motor movements, those, those motor patterns. So um, going back to it, recapping, three main things. Your central nervous system's capability to turn on more motor units and muscle fibers, uh, your muscle cross-sectional area, and the efficiency of the movement pattern. Those three things will determine how much weight you can move and, and how fast you adapt, how, how, how fast you get stronger, right? So in the early days, you have central nervous system adaptations and then they will stall out. They're, they're the one, the central nervous system adaptation is the one that uh, gets affected quickly in the early days. It takes obviously a much longer process for muscle to be built. And because the central nervous system adapts earlier, it also tends to even out or begin to slow down earlier as well okay uh, 
you can of course continue this. When I say earlier, I don't mean within a couple of months. It, it goes on for a very long time. But what happens is that as these adaptations occur, they are, they are limited somewhat by the amount of muscle fiber you have to work with. Because what the nervous system is doing is it's innovating and turning on the available muscle that there is. And if, if a particular muscle group is, is small, then it can only turn on maximally a small muscle mass. No matter how much you turn it up to the max, it can only maximally turn on and contract a small mass. At the end of the day, it's a small mass. And, and so therefore, that small mass can only produce a small amount of force. Even if the nervous system is super efficient at using every bit of muscle fiber to contract and do the work. Does that make sense? So because of this, eventually, sooner or later, if you want to get stronger, and if you want to get stronger at a faster rate, you're going to have to make that muscle bigger. Does that make sense? Because now, with that bigger muscle group, even at, say, 50% of the central nervous system's capacity, let's just say the muscle gets twice as big, even at 50% of the nervous system's efficiency in turning on all the muscle fibers in that muscle group, you're still going to be able to produce the same amount of force as the smaller muscle group that was half the size that was getting maximally uh, contracted and called upon. So imagine now what happens when you can take this new, bigger muscle size and through training, get the nervous system to maximally contract all the muscle fibers of this new, bigger muscle group. Does that make sense? Can you see how that is going to uh, affect very positively uh, your long-term results? Now, that's a very simplified version, of course, but the mechanism essentially works the same. There is no real difference there. For this reason, and this reason only, and, and, and you can see this, you can see this in real life. You can see its effect. If you have a look at a powerlifter who lifts in the 59 kilo category, male, and you compare that powerlifter to, uh, uh, to a, a lifter in the 93 category, uh, category, 93 kilo category, both of them equally elite, you will see that the 59 kilo lifter simply cannot lift the same weights as the 93 kilo lifter. Both may have been training for the same number of years. Let's just say both have been training for five years straight without any rest, without any, any issues, essentially the same sort of routine and work ethic. Of course, the, the bigger lifter is going to lift more, even though the, the, they have both come under essentially the same amount of stimulus, the same relative intensity in their training, um, the same sort of style of training, of exposing themselves to heavy weights on a very regular basis. Uh, yet the 93 kilo lifter is going to be able to lift significantly more weights. Even leverages aside and all that, and all that other stuff, 
it's still going to be true. And the simple reason is that the bigger lifter is a bigger lifter. The bigger lifter has more muscle mass to be able to uh, allow him or her to be able to lift more weight. There is more muscle that can contract to lift a particular load. And for this reason, there are weight classes in not just powerlifting, but even in, in many other sports uh, where it would be simply unfair to the smaller lifter because the bigger one would have an advantage in terms of size and therefore strength and power. For example, uh, grappling arts and fighting arts, boxing, uh, MMA, BJJ, wrestling, uh, and, and many other sports out there also have weight categories for this exact same reason. A bigger opponent is typically going to have an advantage, all else being equal, simply because they are bigger and therefore typically going to be carrying more muscles, muscle mass and are going to be stronger because of it. They're going to have more strength and power behind them. And so it's, uh, it's an unfair advantage it, as far as the sport is concerned to place uh, one competitor at a much higher weight division or weight body weight compared to, a, to another uh, competitor. Uh, I think that makes that, that uh, illustrates the point to some degree that I'm just trying to do my best here to, to get it across. But uh, what it goes back to is a lot of uh, novice lifters and a lot of younger lifters make the mistake of trying to keep their body weight down uh, and compete in lower weight divisions for the hopes of being able to get records, being able to uh, win medals. And they, the issue is that they try and do it for a very long time. So they're suppressing their natural progression, which should really be in the next weight division up or maybe the next one after that. And because they are suppressing it like this, sure, there's going to be strength gain ultimately because they're training. But that strength gain for the amount of time they trade off for it is so slow that it's not worth it. If you have somebody who is 180 centimeters tall, a male, and uh, currently weighs uh, 70 kilos, at that, that height, although early in their career they may, they may do well in powerlifting competitions, that can give them a false sense of confidence in thinking that they should remain uh, as an under 74 kilo lifter, for example, for quite some time to come. But at 180 centimeters, they are way too tall for that weight division. And sooner or later, the ones that are shorter and they start to gain more and more training experience and get stronger and stronger, are going to inevitably be able to kick that person's ass, right? And it's going to become very, very hard for that person at that height, competing in that weight division, to keep up, let alone finish first, second, or third, or even top five. Uh, the leverages are, are just not going to be there. If you have a look at uh, any um, world championship, for example, with weightlifters, with powerlifters, uh, 
you'll notice that the, the lifter that comes first or lifters that finish towards the top are typically the shorter ones within that weight division. And that's for good reason, because they can pack on more muscle onto their frame that they can uh, ultimately use in conjunction with a better, more efficient nervous system to produce all the force in the world and be able to just lift mind-bending weights. And we're seeing that now uh, across the world in different federations, in powerlifting competitions all around the world, where you have guys in the 83 kilo category squatting above 300 kilos. And we have, we have multiple guys now in the world doing that. We've got um, deadlifters deadlifting well into the uh, 300 kilos. Um, and these, these are some of the reasons why. I mean, it's, it's really undeniable. Uh, if, you, if you really want to get strong, if you really want to give yourself the biggest advantage for your weight division, or if you're somebody who just wants to know what, what it is you can ultimately do, like what is it that you're capable of lifting, uh, if you do it on a recreational level, for example, and you just really want to get strong, you need to strive to continuously not only get your nervous system as efficient as possible for lifting, but also uh, concurrently in parallel, you need to um, pay close attention to and, and have the intention to increase muscle size uh, and, and put on more and more uh, lean tissue so that you can use both of them in conjunction to help you give you the biggest advantage as much advantage as you can possibly get so that you can get the strongest possible as fast as possible with minimum frustrations let's just say and i'm sure anybody listening to this who's actually gone through a period where they decided it's time to actually go up now uh, it, they've had enough of uh, keeping their body weight down they've had enough of not being able to increase their, their lifts as, as quickly as they should uh, and feeling like they're in a bodyweight class where it's too, it's too small for them uh, in, in terms of the, the weight being too small for their height. Uh, any, any one of you listening to this now who's done that, who's taken the step and decided, uh, that's it, I'm just going to start... Um, changing my diet, eating right, start putting on some weight, start doing proper hypertrophy-focused blocks and uh, see how it goes. I'm sure you can attest to this that it all turned out for the better. A lot of positives came out of it in terms of how you felt, in terms of your recovery, in terms of how you felt, in terms of your strength gain and just general uh, psychological enjoyment of the whole process in of itself where it became more fun again and less like a chore like a thing that you had to do uh, and if you were one of these people hit me up let me know so that we can uh, get this feedback out to a lot of other people because for you it may seem like uh, very uh, common sense but let me tell you there's a lot of people out there especially like I said the younger lifters who are especially more new to it uh, or don't really have a coach, don't really have much guidance, who think genuinely that it's a good idea to uh, just focus on really heavy strength blocks all the time, keeping the body weight down, not really focusing much on hypertrophy blocks, 
and and um, changing and optimizing nutrition so that they can actually put on some size uh, for change and help drive their training forward anyways guys uh, it's late here i hope i didn't babble on too much uh, thanks for listening to samir fazeli from adonis athletics and this is bass plates and protein shakes hang out for another episode coming out tomorrow